smoky eyes to folks out there who really wanted to know when some freaky deaky science stuff only understood by nerds zapped her into old radio shows the kind you might never have heard now she should probably be trying to get out but Madison she's having fun living in Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. OMG, I'm on a kid's superhero show? And it's not even the Marvel Universe. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from the planet Krypton who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men. Yeah, no, we got it. And who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Well, at least it's the 40s, so we won't be all dark and broody. Today, in his guise of Clark Kent, Superman receives startling news from Robin, the young companion of the famous Batman. Oh, hang on. A Superman-Batman crossover? So is this going to be like Dawn of Justice with the Affleck Batman or what? Robin the Boy Wonder. Oh, wait. You said Robin's in this? Then it's not the Affleck or the Bale. Not even Keaton. We're looking at either what? Clooney or West? Please be West. Robin, who is visibly upset, explains the situation to Clark. Dude, what happened to Robin? <clears throat> oh, crap. I'm Robin? You're obviously not the Boy Wonder. Using your x-ray vision on that one, are you? So what did you come here to tell me? Uh, hang on. Let me find the page. Oh, here it is. Batman is gone, Superman. I'm wearing the glasses. Oh, Yeah. How in radio can anyone tell whether you're Clark Kent or Superman? Without a visual, I mean. You sound exactly the same. Because when I have the glasses on, the other characters know to call me Mr. Kent. Ah, gotcha. Mr. Kent. <laughs> Batman's gone, you say? What do you mean? Uh... Are you afraid you'll never see him again? No, he's still got TV and movies coming out, so... Just the same, perhaps I should look into his disappearance. Sure, sounds like a plan. Ooh, I hope I'm the Nightwing Robin. All the other Robins are kind of douchey. When Clark Kent, who is really Superman... Are you going to say that through the entire show? Because everybody already knows that. ...received urgent news from Robin, the young companion of the famous Batman. Superman hurried to the handsome mansion which the dynamic duo occupy in their true identities of Dick Grayson... Madison Standish. Uh, right. Madison Standish and Bruce Wayne. Kent found the young Robin greatly agitated. Oh, gosh. What... What'll I do, Mr. Kent? What'll I do? First thing you must do is pull yourself together and tell me exactly what happened. I'm afraid he's gone forever. Forever? He's... he's not dead, is he? No, he's not dead. Geez, able to leap to conclusions in a single bound? So why did you come to see me then? Okay, basically the gist of it is, Batman went out of town and he left a note that if he wasn't back in like a week... We'd probably never see him again. How long ago was that? 
what's today? Wednesday? Did he tell you where he was going? Hey, if it were me and I had Bruce Wayne's money, I'd just go buy an island next to Johnny Depp and be like, screw you suckers, I'm out. Did he give you any idea why he was going away? No, not a chatty guy, Batman. Hmm. Did you question Alfred, your butler? Maybe Batman said something to him. Or Inspector Henderson. Inspector who? No, 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 no. We have... Oh, what's his name? Commissioner Gordon. Henderson is in my universe. I'm so confused. Are we in Gotham or Metropolis? Somehow this just doesn't add up. I'm sure Batman wouldn't have walked out knowing he might never come back without leaving some tiny hint. Maybe he didn't have time. Wait a minute. Maybe he couldn't leave a hint. Maybe he didn't have time. I literally just said that. Where were you the last time you saw him? I was in the Batcave trying to see if I could sync the Bat computer with my iPhone. But it runs on, like, DOS. And where was Batman? Some guy came to see him. They were in the, uh, I'm gonna say, book room? Library? No, the other one. Study. Excuse me for being raised in a modest suburban home without libraries or studies. Come on, Madison. Let's go down to the study. I want to have a look around there. Any luck, Madison? See anything odd or out of place? Ask Alfred. I don't clean up in here. Wait a minute. What's this? A recording machine to record phone calls and radio programs. You record stuff with that? It looks like an end table with speakers. It's a top-of-the-line recording device using a spool of recording wire. If you're impressed by that, digital is going to blow your mind. Look, there's something newly recorded. How can you even tell? It may mean Batman used the machine when he was with the stranger on the night he disappeared. Turn it on. Okay. Uh, Alexa, play wire recordy thingy. Maybe we should just use the on switch? That's a strange request, Mr. Uh, Jones, you said your name was? Jones is right, Mr. Wayne. But strange or not, I insist that you come to my place with me now to discuss the matter. Is that the man you heard with Batman that night, Madison? Maybe. I don't know. I wasn't listening. I had my earbuds in. Why can't we discuss it right now? You think I might have spies around here, huh? Let's just say I prefer not to take chances. You amuse me, Mr. Jones. You don't want to take chances, but you don't hesitate to ask me to take them. You must admit it sounds pretty fishy. This is boring. Can't we listen to something else? We're trying to find out what happened to Batman. Maybe he finally shacked up with Catwoman. (laughs) That's sheer nonsense, Mr. Wayne, as you'll find out. But we're wasting time. Will you come to my place? No. I don't believe I will. Oh, I think you will, Mr. Wayne. Because if you don't, I shall be compelled to reveal to the world that you, Bruce Wayne, are Batman. Great Scott. So much for secret identities. Can I take off this Robin costume now? (sighs) No, you may not. There was something vaguely familiar about the voice of that fellow Jones. If only I could place him. That happened to me once at a party junior year college. I could have sworn I recognized this guy. But it wasn't until we were having sex that I was like, Right! He's the guy who makes sheep noises whenever he- This is still a family show. My bad. This is why I don't have a sidekick. What are you looking for now? For, aha, scissors. I can cut off the part where Jones tells Bruce he's Batman. That way, I can play this recording for other people, and maybe someone will recognize Jones's voice. Seriously, digital. Game changer. Superman, 
under the guise of mild-mannered reporter Clark Kent. So, glasses on. Played the recording of Batman and the Mysterious Man Jones for the staff at the Daily Planet. But not a single person recognized the voice of Batman's visitor. Maybe we'll have some luck yet. Inspector Henderson is going to have a fingerprint expert go over the study in your house. Boy, this episode is riveting. Playing tapes and dusting for fingerprints. Oh, excuse me, will you? When does this superhero show actually get to some action? Clark Kent speaking. Oh, yes, Inspector. Did your fingerprint men turn up anything? I mean, seriously. We're in the fourth scene and you haven't used your x-ray vision, bent a steel bar, flown anywhere. What's the point of having superpowers if you're going to just investigate everything as some schlub in glasses? What? What did you say, Inspector? Ooh, he found something? What'd he find? Oh, no, but that's impossible. OMG, it's Joker, right? And Batman is being held in a warehouse dangling upside down over a vat of acid, his rope dropping him ever closer and closer, unless we fly there and save him in the nick of time. It's far worse than that. Come with me, Madison. Worse? The Riddler has strapped a bomb to him that only a riddle will deactivate? Worse. Penguin has Batman frozen in a block of ice that when it thaws, sharks will eat him. Much, much worse. What amazing news did Kent receive from Inspector Henderson? What are you doing? Cutting to a commercial break? We don't have commercials. We'll be back in a moment to find out. And now, back to The Adventures of Superman. As we continue, Clark Kent and young Madison Standish, who is really Robin, have arrived at the Metropolis Auditorium, where a huge throng mills around the doors, trying to push their way into the already crowded building. There, Kent flashes his press card, and followed by Madison, is ushered into the auditorium to seats in the front row, directly below the empty, flag-draped stage. Oh my god. Is Batman going to be tortured on stage in front of all these people, or, or Joker will release a poisonous gas sure to kill all the important heads of state? No, Madison. Batman is going to give a speech. A speech. This, Madison, is a mass meeting which was announced only this afternoon by an organization of selfish, bigoted people who oppose sending food and other help to Europe through the Marshall Plan. Okay. And Batman giving a speech is bad because... Because it will appear that Batman supports this bunch of selfish mugs who don't want us to help those poor people suffering in war-torn Europe. Oh, crap. This is World War II stuff. I knew I should have paid more attention in history class instead of doing online shopping. But to be fair, I did get a really cute dress. Look, Madison, coming onto the stage. It's Batman. I can't imagine Batman addressing a selfish, bigoted crowd like this. That's what they said about Scott Bayo, but actually, Chachi grew up to be a major douche. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a great pleasure and privilege for me to address this splendid organization. Many people in this country want us to send our hard-earned food, clothing, seed, and agricultural equipment to the nations of Europe. Share what we have with the unfortunate, they say. Well, I say don't do anything of the kind. Let others take care of themselves. Damn! Just pepper in some red hats and misspelled banners and this is a Trump rally. Why should we give our bread and cotton and steel and machinery to somebody else? I ask you why? If the Europeans want the necessities and luxuries of life, let them make them themselves! I've known Batman for years. 
and I know he hates narrow bigots and despots like this un-American crowd as much as you and I and all decent Americans hate them. Where I come from, lots of people think what Batman said actually makes him a patriotic American. <gasps> Which would make Superman a libtard. Well, my hunch is that he was forced to do this. Look, Batman just went into a dressing room. Here's our chance to find out. Come on. There he is, Madison. Hey, Batman! Dude, what's with the hate speech? Uh, not now, Boy Wonder. I seriously look like a young boy to him in this costume? That's it, I'm getting a push-up bra. It's a long story and I can't go into it now because I've got another speaking engagement in Willow Falls. Batman, we three are all alone now, so you can drop the pose and talk straight. We heard your awful speech. Awful? Really? I thought it was quite good. Oh, cut that out, Batman. You have a great deal of influence and prestige, and a lot of people will believe your lies just because you say them. But they weren't lies. Oh my god. Fox News has gotten to Batman. We found that recording. We heard Jones say he knew you were Bruce Wayne, and if you didn't go away with him, he'd tell the whole world. That's why you made that speech tonight, isn't it, Batman? I told the truth. This is some serious political stuff to be addressing on a kid's superhero show, isn't it? Now, as I said before, I've got another speaking engagement, so I'll have to ask you two to leave. Oh, no, you don't. You're not going to brush me off that easily, Batman. We've been friends for years. Hey, chill out, Mr. Kent. Don't get your cape in a bunch. I'll talk to him. But- Go rescue a school bus from falling off a bridge or something. Go, go. Now look, I'm in a hurry, Robin. I told you. Just cut the crap, Batman. When I heard this was a Superman-Batman crossover, I was not expecting the 1940s answer to right-wing propaganda. So either you tell me what major badass supervillain is behind all this, or I'm going to cut out of here and head over to Little Orphan Annie. You got me? Watch your tongue, you little runt. What did you call me? I called you a runt. Oh. Well, that's still not nice. Now get this through your head. I meant what I said in my speech tonight. I've been seeing things differently of late. Oh, I get it now. We finally see Bruce Wayne is actually part of the 1%. I've got another speaking engagement, so I've got to go. Typical. You right-wingers run off whenever anyone questions your position. Take your hands off me. Not until you listen to logical statements that will address your contradictions and hypocrisies. I said, let go! Batman hit Robin. It's like that meme came to life. Oh, and... Ow... That'll hold you, you little runt. Without a backward glance at the fallen Madison, who lies huddled on the floor unconscious, the tall figure in the famous Batman costume strides from the dressing room. How can this brutal scene have taken place between Batman and Robin, inseparable as brothers? What can it possibly mean? Great Scott. That's Robin. Uh, Madison, on the floor. Madison. Madison, what happened? Oh no, she's unconscious. I'd better get her to a doctor, and fast. Up with her? There we are. Now, up, up and away! Clark Kent dons his true identity as Superman, and without a moment's hesitation, cradles the unconscious Madison in his arms, flying her to the Metropolis General Hospital. Whoa, how'd I get to a hospital? I saw you were hurt, so I flew you here at once. You flew me when I was unconscious? I missed it? Aw, oh, man. What happened between you and Batman? Freaking Batman punched me! Can you believe that crap? He must be the Christian Bale Batman. 
It's just possible that Batman doesn't know what he's doing because he's mentally sick as a result of something fed or injected into him by the mysterious Mr. Jones. If he's mentally ill, that's not good. In the 40s, don't you people, like, shove the mentally ill in rubber rooms and give them shock therapy and lobotomies and stuff? I want to check my theory. Batman said he had another speaking engagement tonight in Willow Falls, didn't he? Yeah. All right, I'm going up to Willow Falls. And before this night is over, I'm going to find out if Batman is truly sick. Ooh, are you going to fly us there? No, no, Madison, you're still a little groggy. I should go alone. Screw that! Rev up the engine, Superman. You're flying me up there. Moments later, Superman, cradling Madison once again in his arms, streaks north toward the bustling town of Willow Falls. Holy crap! I didn't realize how cold it would be flying like this! I have to get into the higher atmosphere to avoid the trees and buildings! This is not clearly depicted in the comics! We haven't even left Metropolis yet. It's 30 miles to Willow Falls. I changed my mind! Drop me at Wayne Manor! After all that fuss you made about coming with me? I'm freezing my tits off up here! Take me home! After succumbing to Madison's bitching and moaning, Hey! Superman sees her safely to her home. Then the Man of Steel continues on his way to find Batman in Willow Falls. Alfred, I'm home! Can I get a hot chocolate? Alfred? Alfred, you gonna get that? What's the point of having a butler if he doesn't do anything? Hello. That you, Robin? Yeah, it's Robin. The one you punched, you bat prick. Take it easy. I can explain everything. Well, Mr. Kent thinks you're sick in the head, but I just think you're a rich, selfish douche nozzle. (laughs) Kent thinks I'm sick, huh? Yeah, he went up to Willow Falls to see you. He'll have no luck because I'm still in Metropolis. I want a big job, but big. I, I can't tell you any more over the phone, but I need your help. You haven't even apologized for hitting me. I'm sorry. It was necessary at the time. I can't explain it now. So, will you help me? Uh, I guess. You're lucky I'm Robin. If I were Batgirl, I'd tell you to stuff that Batarang where the sun don't shine. Do you know where the Old River Hotel is? Oh, yeah. My family used to vacation there all the time. Like I've ever been to Metropolis before. Well, find it. I'm there now. Room 314. Fine, 314. Keep this strictly on the QT. Don't tell Kent or even Alfred that I called or where you're going. Understand? Yeah, okay. Hey, can I drive the Batmobile? Uh... You punched me. Where are the keys? Madison has just arrived at the River Hotel. An ancient, decaying, evil-smelling structure. Evil-smelling? What's the scent of evil, like Harvey Weinstein's back sweat? Situated in an area on the waterfront where many of the shady element of the city congregates. On the third and top floor, where a single small electric bulb only seems to make the shadows deeper, Madison reads the numbers with difficulty on the cheap, scarred doors. Finally, she finds room 314, the number Batman had given her, at the end of the hall. She stops and knocks on the door. That was really good. Very descriptive. Oh, well, uh, thank you. Superman never tells you how awesome you are, does he? No, we, 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 we don't talk. Well, don't forget, he's not the only one who's super. Come in. Okay, Batman, I... Stepping into the room, Madison stops short as she sees a bald, heavy-set, unshaven man sitting in a chair facing the door. In his hand, the man holds a revolver, which he points at Madison. 
Another man, very tall and thin, in shirt sleeves, lounges alongside the door. There is no one else in the room. Then, as Madison starts to step backward, the heavy-set man in the chair calls out, Stay right where you are, Robin. Close the door, Lou. Oh, crap. This is a trap, isn't it? What does this mean? Was Madison deliberately led into an ambush by Batman? You knew about this, didn't you, you stupid narrator? What will happen now to Madison, as Superman, 30 miles away in Willow Falls, is unaware of this latest and serious development? I take back everything nice I just said about you. Meanwhile, Superman, disguised as reporter Clark Kent, is at the Opera House in Willow Falls, where Batman is delivering another speech. As he leaves the stage and walks into the wings, followed by the applause of the crowd, Kent steps forward to meet him. Just a minute, Batman. I want to talk to you. I don't have the time. Take the time. You struck and knocked out Robin. So what? Little runt asked for it. It's not like you, Batman. What's more, you never made rabble-rousing, un-American speeches before. Something very fishy is going on, and I intend to find out what it is. Look, Kent, I don't want to stand here and argue with you, so good night. No, you don't, Batman. You're going to stay right here until we straighten this out. Take your hands off me, Kent, or... Or what? Will you try to slug me, too? That wouldn't be smart, would it, considering who I am? If you think I'm afraid of you just because you're a reporter for a big newspaper, you're crazy. Well, I didn't mean that. What did you mean, then? Don't you know? No, I don't. Now take your hands off me, Kent. Idiot reporters. Could it be? Great Scott! Clark Kent, donning his true identity of Superman, flies back to Wayne Manor to share his important discovery with Batman's young ward. Good evening, Superman. What brings you here? Is Madison here, Alfred? No, sir. She left about an hour ago after receiving a telephone call. She left rather suddenly, muttering something about uh, douche nozzles. Where did she go, Alfred? She wouldn't tell me, but she did ask if the Batmobile had, um, GPS, and if it could find the waterfront. The waterfront? I'm rather sure it was Batman who called. Well, that's funny. I just left Batman in Willow Falls. Willow Falls, sir? Unless he is a phony, as I suspect. i better get down to the waterfront and look for Madison. But first, may I borrow your telephone? Superman, under the guise of mild-mannered reporter Clark Kent, calls his boss at the Daily Planet and convinces him to offer a $10,000 reward for anyone who can identify the voice of the mysterious Mr. Jones. Then, in his true identity, Superman heads out in search of Madison Standish, disguised as the boy wonder Robin. Not knowing the real Batman and Madison are prisoners in a stout square old building far upstate in the midst of lonely farmland, which had once been a prisoner of war barracks in the days of the revolution. I'm all for handcuffs, but I prefer mine with pink faux fur. These heavy, rusted leg shackles fastened around the ankles forged to stout iron staples in the wall beams allows freedom of movement only for a foot or two in each direction. Yeah, I figured that out when I pulled on them, and I couldn't go anywhere. I'm so sorry you've been dragged into this, Madison. Well, I'm glad that that other Batman was a fake and that you're not really a dick. It reminds me of the time I ran into Chris O'Donnell on NCIS LA. Like, LL Cool J was super sweet, but Chris was a major diva. Seriously, we all saw your Robin. You're lucky you're still working. Wait a minute. Jones just came in. He's in the next room with the phony Batman. 
Come on. Move up closer to the wall so we can hear them. There's nothing to worry about, Ed. That's Jones? Yes, and Ed is the phony Batman. That's what you think, Mort. I mean, Jones. I tell you, Clark Kent is wise to me. I'm sure of it. Dude, you guys sound exactly alike. You should form a vocal group or something. Shh. I doubt it. But even if he is, he won't be able to prove a thing. How can you be sure? He may... Relax. Your speeches have already attracted nationwide attention. Newspapers are repeating what they think Batman said about letting Europe starve. (laughs) (laughs) So now you're going to lie low. What about the real Batman and Robin? The police all over the country are looking for Robin. Ooh, the cops are looking for me? I've never been the subject of a manhunt before. No, I take that back. But to be fair, I was never lost in the woods. I'd found a ranger station in this really hunky ranger. Please be quiet. Just leave everything to me, Ed. And don't worry about Batman and Robin. They won't be with us much longer. Oh, are we going home? That's not usually what that means. You mean you're going to get rid of them? Yes, tonight. But first they're going to play an ace card for our cause, Ed. And at the same time, put us on easy street for the rest of our lives. (laughs) (laughs) Then tonight, when we no longer need them, Batman and Robin will die. But you'll get us out of this, right, Batman? Because Batman and Robin are always getting captured, but then they escape. True, but this is Superman's show, so... So, crap. Well, I do hope my guests are comfortable. I once was part of a living art piece at Burning Man that involved a bikini, a bed of nails, and ten pounds of latex. So I can handle anything. Wonderful. Then let's get down to business. Batman, I want you to do me a favor. Really? This ought to be good. I just want you to tell me in which banks you have your safe deposit boxes, and I want you to give me the numbers of your boxes so Ed here can walk out with the bulk of your wealth. Simple. If you think I'm going to give you any of that information... You're crazy. Maybe this will help you to see things my way, Batman. This revolver is pointed at Robin. Wait, what? And at this distance, I can't possibly miss him. I identify as her. Now, do you tell me what I want to know, Batman, or do I fire? Tell him everything. Don't you think he's bluffing? Do I want to find out? No. Tell him everything. I'll count to three. One. Why are you not telling him everything? Usually we go back and forth a bit. Two. Screw that! All right, I'll tell you. I cannot believe you freaking hesitated. When is Dick supposed to be back? As we continue now, Superman, in his guise of reporter Clark Kent, has been notified that a woman who heard the recording of Mr. Jones claims that she can identify Jones' voice. The woman has just arrived at the Daily Planet. Kent is directed to the manager's office, where a middle-aged, weather-beaten woman with shrewd, faded blue eyes sits on the edge of a chair, a battered old purse on her knees. Hello, my name is Clark Kent. Uh, howdy-do. Mine's Hemphill. Mrs. William Hemphill. Mrs. Hemphill, I understand you can identify the man whose voice we've been broadcasting. Not so fast, young man. Fella said on the radio I'll get $10,000 if I tell you who belongs to that voice. You'll get the money, Mrs. Hempel. After all, the offer is made by the Daily Planet, the largest newspaper in Metropolis. Just tell me who owns that voice so I can go after him. There are two lives at stake. Well, maybe so, but I want to see that money. Won't do you no good to get hot under the collar, neither. I know my rights. 
Fine, I'll write you a check. Ham pill. That's H. Yep, I got it. M. Thank you, young man. That voice is Mort Veeler. Who's Mort Veeler? Feller rides around out in the country making speeches against what he calls foreigners and saying for us not to send no help to the starving folk in Europe. Great, Scott, I think you've hit it. But I've got to find this man quickly. I don't even know where to start. Do you remember the name of his outfit? I might be able to trace him. How about I give you one of his envelopes? Envelopes? Once he sends out to folks asking for contributions. I got one back at the farm. Back at the farm? How far away do you live? It's just below Mayfield. About 90 miles upstate. Only 90 miles? You could be there in a minute or two. Be there in a minute or two? Do you know what you're saying, Mr. Kent? You've heard of Superman, haven't you? Well, he's here in this building right now. And he can fly you up to your farm. You really mean Superman? I certainly do. Just wait here, and I'll see that Superman joins you in a few seconds. Oh, uh, and when you fly with him, don't complain about the cold. He can't do anything about that. While Superman is trying to locate Jones, who is really the rabble-rouser Mort Veeler, Batman and Madison, still shackled to the wall in an old revolutionary barracks, try desperately to free themselves from their chains. Will you just stop already? We can't break these chains. We've been trying for hours. I'm afraid you're right, Madison. My leg is as raw as fresh beef. Ew. We've got to try again. Come on now. Put your foot against the wall and then throw yourself backward. So not happening. Jones is going to be back any time with that gun and we're finished. What about your utility belt thingy? Don't you have a bat hook or bat grenade or bat something we can use? They took my utility belt before they chained me in here. Oh. Did you seriously think I was sitting here the whole time with a belt full of weapons and just not using it? Sorry. I don't know how this superhero stuff works. Hey, wait. What's that? Do you smell smoke? Oh my god, the place is on fire! Batman and Robin, if it gets too hot in there, call up the fire department! <laughs> Stop, drop, and roll! <coughs> Stop, <coughs> drop, and roll! The smoke! <coughs> Try to get to the window! <laughs> well, Ed, that's the end of Batman and Robin. It's a tough way to go, Mr. Wheeler. Feel sorry for him, do you? Well, you'll get over it when we start spending Batman's money. <laughs> uh, Ed? Yeah? Where are the suitcases with Batman's money? I thought you brought them out. I thought you did. Come on! We've got to go get them! We can't go back in there. The roof will go down any minute. We've got to. There's over a million dollars worth of securities in those suitcases. They'll be burned up! For heaven's sakes, come on, hurry! As Veeler and Batman's impersonator rush into the rear of the blazing barracks, risking their lives to rescue their stolen loot, suddenly the roof crashes down upon them. in the farmhouse of Mrs. William Hempel, where papers are strewn all over the floor. Superman and Mrs. Hempel search desperately for the envelope bearing the address of Mort Veeler, alias Mr. Jones. Well, shoot. Usually we keep all the letters and papers in here. It's not there? Nope. Oh, wait a minute. 
I kind of recollect taking the envelope upstairs to William the other day. Will you see if the envelope is upstairs? And please hurry. Every second counts. Having finally learned the address of Jones's headquarters, Superman streaks through the skies toward the blazing barracks in which Batman and Madison are imprisoned. Superman hovers high in midair, then stiffens in horror at what he sees below him. Great Scott, I'm afraid I'm too late to save Batman and Madison, but I must try. Down to them, down! Batman, Madison! Uh-oh, they're unconscious. And chained. That roof's gonna fall at any second. I'd better rip these chains out of the wall like this! There. Now I'll just wrap my cape around these two like this. Swiftly covering his unconscious friends with his brilliant red cape, Superman stands above them, shielding them as the blazing roof plunges down with a roar upon his head and shoulders. Now, up, up, and away! A short time later, in Wayne Manor, Batman and Madison have been seen and pronounced fit by their doctor. After showers and a change into fresh clothes, they're in their kitchen with Superman, now disguised as the mild-mannered reporter, Clark Kent. Mmm. Say, this is good eating. I must have been hungry. I believe the fire gave me an appetite. <sighs> Don't remind me of that. For once, I really thought we were done for. Yeah, now that it's all over, I gotta say, not impressed, Batman. You couldn't get us out of there? Veeler wasn't even a supervillain, just some crazy right-wing MAGA guy. Well, as I mentioned before, this is Superman's show, so... Dude, he made you look like a pussy. Ha 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 ha. At least Mort Veeler and Batman's impersonator are done for. They'll never pull another rascally trick again in this world. So they're like dead, right? Kind of dark for a kid show, don't you think? They burned up in the fire. Their greed and un-American values were their downfall. I thought greed was an American value. And once more, Veeler and my impersonator needn't have gone back into the fire for the securities they stole from me because one of their men had already brought the suitcases out. <laughs> Oh, snap! Oh, oh, a fine newspaper reporter I am. Here I've got a big scoop, but instead of rushing into the Daily Planet, I sit here idly playing tiddlywinks with you guys. Tiddlywinks? Is that like a new hookup app? I've got to fly. And I do mean fly. Up, up, and away! Did Clark Kent just change into Superman in your guest bathroom? I'd give it a few minutes to air out before you use it. Well, I guess that means I'm leaving. Do me a favor, though. No more Superman-Batman crossovers until you're the Dark Knight, okay? The Adventures of Superman premiered on radio in 1940, less than two years after Superman's first appearance in Action Comics No. 1. During World War II and the post-war years, the show garnered listeners who enjoyed Superman's quest for truth and justice. Side note, all of Batman's un-American speeches in this episode were reproduced exactly as originally written. Before the announcer dude reads the credits, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I'd really appreciate it if you left a review. And hey, 
Tell me which are your favorite old-time radio shows, and I'll use your suggestions for future episodes. Madison on the Air is listener-supported. For just $3, you can buy me a mocha latte through Kofi.com. That's ko-fi.com forward slash M-O-T-A. And for more information about the show and the cast, visit our website at madisonontheair.com. Thanks! Madison on the Air was written and produced by Chrissy Talon Sage with music composition and audio engineering by Jeremy Sage. The role of Madison Standish was played by Chrissy Talon Sage. Pete Navis appeared as Superman. Other actors in the cast were Jeremy Sage as Batman and Ed, Aaron Stahl as Mr. Jones, Albert Garnica as Alfred and Heavyset, Lara Christine Elliott as Mrs. Hempel. I've been your narrator, Brand Peacock.